0: I'm viv loie be Sei in, <God> in nest the look, we have We have a come In the heart of the world, On his Hey velo el no dalim a mi te soy no Dale It's been so many years crying, so many tears. Don't you know, don't you really know? We are pushed to the ground through our faith, we are found standing strong. The Spanish Inquisition wanted us to bow. But our banks ain't gonna bend, never then and never now. Don't you really know? We are pushed to the ground through our faith. We are found standing strong. a man oh, 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 oh. but the few who carried on live familiar to our gone, oh, 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 oh. it's been so many years crying so many tears don't you know don't you really know i
1: Ten minutes before seven o'clock Friday morning. Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. That's Yaakov Shweki, of course. We are a miracle. Hamol done by Shlomi Dax. Yehuda Green with Hanish Shemalach. Machnisei, that's Shimon Kramer. Ohad had Birkato Reach. Berosh Shana done by Shlomo Katz. Yeshiva Boys had Vahaviosim. Shuvu, Eitan Katz. Excuse me, Eitan Katz. Shlomo Kalbach with Hanesh Shemalach. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday on this September 27th, day 27 in the month of Elul, the year 5779, Tavshinai and Tess. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Nitzavim, with candlelighting time at 625 on this Erev Shabbos. Candlelighting in New York, 625. What did we, uh, just wondering now. Yesterday, I got the official word about when Mincha is today. Um... In our local synagogue. 1837. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, I guess it does make sense. Yeah. Candle lighting 625. All right. So we'll be together at the Mizrahi tonight at uh, 1837 for those of you in the area. Uh, Sunday night is, of course, Rosh Hashanah. We wish all of our wonderful listeners and everybody associated with this uh, great network a happy, healthy, and sweet new year of 5780. It should be another blessed year for everybody. Only good things. And uh, we will speak, or I will speak to you. There'll be plenty of network people speaking to you between now and Rosh Hashanah, but I will speak to you next after today on Wednesday morning at Som Gedalia. 63 degrees outside with 79% humidity. Winds are west at four miles an hour. Mostly sunny with a high temperature of 77. Then tonight, partly cloudy, low 65. Tomorrow, partly cloudy. Shab is high, 82 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 83. We're at 63 here in New York City. As we say good morning at J.M. in the A.M. Coming up later on, it's going to be Malcolm Holmline with his Rosh Hashanah message. The Rosh Hashanah message from Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations after uh, 8-10 this morning. Weekly update: Go through the news of the week with uh, Malcolm at seven forty Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in. Rabbi Yudin, of course, coming up at eight fifteen on Parshas Nitzavim. Rosh Hashanah begins a Sunday night. Candle lighting Rosh Hashanah, by the way, in New York six twenty two, so six twenty five tonight, six twenty two on a Sunday. Big thank you to Azer Mitzion. We wrapped up our month on the road. Thank you, Azer Mitzion. Wrapped up our month on the road, and it was quite a successful month, to say the least. Big thank you to everybody uh, who had a role in it, including our amazing staff. Big thank you to everybody at Miss Oskim for welcoming us yesterday. Don't forget, go to missaskim.org and support all their incredible work. Um, their incredible work was featured yesterday all through the morning, and I hope everybody out there had an opportunity to support the Missaskim organization. Uh, I remind you that our friends at Art Scroll have the uh, brand-new book about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkis by Rabbi Gerstein at a uh, 15% discount and Daniela Silver's brand-new cookbook at a 15% discount, plus free shipping if you use the promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio and get ready to save. More coming up Friday, Arif Shabbos, J.M. in the A.M. Shame in the AM. Some people have asked us if uh, Rabbi Heber is going to be invited to the uh, show in order to go through the uh, calendaric trivia for the year 5780. Of course, the answer is yes. Uh, We will get Rabbi Heber on at some point and go through the calendar. Those of you who are into calendaric trivia, um, you are going to be very happy. Those of you who aren't, I apologize. <laughs> but I am, I am so into it. <laughs> All these little details that he tells us about the uh, about the brand new year. So he'll do that with us hopefully next week right here at JM&AM. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, Malcolm Holmline is going to join us later on, 7.40 Eastern time, for the weekly update. He'll give his uh, Rosh Hashanah message uh, after 8.10 this morning. So make sure to be tuned in. Rabbi Yudin, of course, coming up on Parshas Nitzavim as well, uh, so we'll have that for you. Uh, Candle lighting in New York at six twenty-five. This will be the final uh, day that we blow shofar before Rosh Hashanah. Um, golly, Tal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Uh, Rosh Hashanah shofar uh, is on Monday. Sunday we will not blow because it's error of Rosh Hashanah, and we uh, have a demarcation between the El blowing of the shofar and the Rosh Hashanah blowing of the shofar, which is an obligation. Uh, meaning the the Monday one is an obligation. Uh, before that is a custom. Uh, Shabbos obviously we're not going to have a uh, any shofar blowing. So today is the final one in the El season. We'll have that for you coming up about a half hour from now. It's America's one and only Jewish. Moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world web, and on the Nalchom Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Galitzal, I think in the background. Am I right? Not sure what's going on here. Uh, looks like we're having trouble connecting to our Galetzal newscast. Uh, we'll give it one last shot here. And...
2: Here we go, news from Israel next. But time up, to מפלגת כחול לבן מסרבת לקבל תנאים אלו. כתב התחום הפוליטי עניר קוזין מציין כי פגישה נוספת בין הנציגים תארך ביום ראשון ערב ראש השנה. אלפים הפגינו בתל אביב רובם בני נוער במחה לטיפול הטיפול במשבר האקלים וקראו לממשלת ישראל להצטרף למאבק העולמי. הפגנות תלמידים צפויות היום במדינות נוספות בעולם. שתי תאונות דרכים קשות בדרום בשעה האחרונה. ברעת, פאות כבין שנתיים נפצע קשה מכונית. הוא פונה למרכז הרפואי סורוקה והמשטרה פתחה בחקירה. ילדה בת ארבע ואימה נפצעו באורח בינוני לאחר שנפגעו ממכונית בשעה שהלכו סמוך לכביש שבין בער שבע לדימונה. כתבו נורא משנים עוסר כי צוות מגן דוד אדום פינה את השתיים למרכז הרפואי סורוקה בבר פועל כבין 40 נפצע קשה לאחר שנפל מגובה באתר בנייה בחיפה. כתבנו קובי מנדל מדווח כי צוות מגן דוד אדום פינה אותו לבית החולה עם רמב'ם כשהוא סובל מחבלת ראש. <תקש> רגע לפני ראש השנה זינוק בער רכישות בחרטיסי האשראי. מאז שעות הבוקר מורגשים אומסים במערכת התשלומים הלאומית של שווה ובשעות האחרונות נרשמו למעלה מ ומאה אלף פעולות בחרטיסי האשראי. ידיעה שמשרע כתבתנו עיניו קרנר. ומזג האוויר לסוף השבוע עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות, בשבת צפויה התקררות. אלה החדשות שעורכת תמר פלד.
0: Chashuim yel le chashuim, Star
1: Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Rosh Hashanah and Shema Kolenu done by Vegas. Rosh Hashanah medley before that. It's Friday, Erev Shabbos, almost Erev Yuntif. Sunday is Erev Rosh Hashanah. Big day today here at the Nachum Siegel Network, by the way. Um, coming up at 9 a.m., table for two with Naomi Nachman. Naomi's joined by Toby Burkell of Tafona Wines. Safona has one wine that I absolutely love. I don't remember the exact name of it. It's like a, um, it's a white wine. I don't remember the exact name. But check that out. Author Amy Stupnicki will discuss her cookbook, Kosher Taste, and Gay Shepherd of Two Bees Honey is going to be a guest of Naomi's as well. Erev Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by The Wonderful People at Kedem. That happens at 10 a.m. Harry Rothenberg video blog, Parsha's him at 1 p.m and um, and Erev uh, Shabbos Music Mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem all the way until candlelighting time. Traveling to Israel, make sure you have the best and most reliable SIM cards, phones, and MiFi cards. Visit groupsim.com and order everything you need from one convenient and reliable website. Use promo code Nahum at checkout and save 15% off your order. SIM cards, phones, MiFi cards for Israel. Group SIM Dot com. Uh, let's see, where are we heading? Yaeli Klein, Rosh Hashanah Shali at JM and the AM.
3: And I'm at the right place. The right thing to do, but I don't stop. I'm in the right place, and I'm going שחטתי לפניך, אני או ביתי ואם אדם היה יכול את הפגמים, בטח עשרונות את כל הפשעים את כל האבונות בטח ככה ימונה אחת, אחת ואחת, אחת ושתיים אחת ושלוש, אחת וארבע, אחת לכם I am a child who is 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 a child I'm going to go he came from the place where he came And went to the place where he came Just in the dark, in the dark And that's <tries> how he said and if a man can remember The good ones, the good ones All the souls, all I'm One, one one, one two One of thousands, I'm going to Shetzer, where big
1: Words from the Yom Kippur service. Yishai Rebo here at JM in the AM. Boy, is that a song or what? Seder Avodah is the name of that one. Yile Klein before that here at JM the AM with Yom Rosh Hashanah Shali. Um, well, it's time for our final Elul Shofar blowing. That's it. Today's the last day. Tomorrow, of course, is Shabbos. Sunday is excuse me, Sunday is Erev Rosh Hashanah. On Erev Rosh Hashanah, we do not blow a shofar. Because um, we designate a distinction between the uh, custom of blowing chauffeur during the month of Elul and the requirement to blow it this coming Monday and Tuesday. So uh, this will be it. Elul Chauffeur Blowing here at JM and the AM. There you go. And I uh, I thank those who remind me sometimes when necessary to make sure to remember the uh, blowing of the chauffeur. Uh, much appreciated. Um, JMM Friday, candle lighting 625 in New York. Big thank you to our friends at Miss Askham for inviting us yesterday to participate in their big campaign. I uh, hope you had a role in uh, getting them to the Wonderful number they got to before the end of the, uh, before the, end of the broadcast. Um, thank you to Azar uh, Mitzion for sponsoring our month on the road. It was, it was an incredible month, really an incredible month of September with a whole bunch of great mobile shows into a lot of communities, and I thank everybody who welcomed us with uh, open arms. It was really beautiful. Malcolm Holmline is uh, coming up at 7.40 with a weekly update. His uh, Rosh Hashanah message after 8.10 this morning. All happening at the JM and the AM. So keep it here for that. Uh, Matas with JM Sunday. This coming Sunday, Saturday night, go with our Rummy tomorrow night. And, of course, we'll wish everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet new year as the brand new year begins Sunday night and goes uh, Monday and uh, Tuesday in terms of if We speak to you next Wednesday morning. Some Gedalia morning at J.M. in the A.M. JM and the AM Friday morning on this era of Shabbos. Thanks so much for tuning in. Final Friday of uh, 5779. Malcolm Honelines coming up. His uh, Rosh Hashanah message after eight ten this morning here at JM and the AM. And of course, we'll do our weekly update in just a couple of minutes. Um, Friday on uh, on um, this era of Shabbos, Parshas need seven with candlelighting in New York at 625. Final day of our chauffeur blowing before we get to the uh, obligatory chauffeur on Monday. Um, reminder that uh, we have a full day here on the network, including Naomi Nachman with a brand new uh, presentation of Table for Two, Toby Burkel of Tafona Wines, author Amy Stupnicki uh, of the uh, Kosher Taste Cookbook, and Gay Shepherd of Two Bees Honey are all going to be joining Naomi at 9 o'clock, Erev Shabashow with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem that happens at the 10 a.m. Eastern time. And a full day, of course, until candle lighting. Matis on J.M. Sunday, beginning 7 a.m. Sunday morning. and Avrami tomorrow night on Saturday Night Siegel, I speak to you next, Psalm Gedalia, this coming Wednesday morning here at J.M. in the A.M. want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. If you're looking for uh, thousands of articles about Jewish uh, Jewish life, Israel, the Jewish world, before um, this Shabbos and before Rosh Hashanah to print out and enjoy over the holiday, go to JewishWorldReview.com. Again, that's JewishWorldReview.com and take advantage of their uh, voluminous selection of uh, articles, columns, etc. You'll be glad you did. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. It's great to be with you as always. Appreciate that very much. Do you get the feeling that, uh, and look... You know, you, you, there are precedents in terms of uh, presidents in a modern day era facing impeachment. Do do you think that this whole process now, however it plays out, is really going to handicap the president in terms of the ability to uh, to set and um, and to establish policy? Or do you think because this president really doesn't seem to let anything hinder his uh, His advancement and um, and decision making—that this is just another one of those things—and he'll be able to lead the same way he has till this point.
4: It's a good question, but we know that as a general rule, when these kind of um, issues arise, and we see it in Israel also, it inevitably has an impact because it distracts people they have to spend time with legal advisors they have to their mind gets involved in thinking about strategies and ways to deal with it when they're not dealing with some of the more fundamental issues uh affecting the nation or affecting um you know security it could be econ- uh, economic issues whatever so uh, it's hard to believe that it has no impact but you're right he has an ability to comp- uh, compartmentalize things it seems and um, and I think that, you know, people have said it about Netanyahu, for instance, about all of the legal cases. And yet he seems to go ahead um, with all the variety of, of challenges that Israel faces, both internationally and nationally, being involved uh, in all of those things.
1: Yeah, I wonder where it's easier. Who mocks the press more, the American president or the Israeli prime minister?
2: Hmm. <laughs> Uh, well,
1: in Israel, everything is local, right. so, <laughs> so it may be you know more personal, right. uh, but there are similarities. Yeah, no question about that. And we move from the turmoil here, if you want to call it turmoil, I guess it depends on everyone's perspective, uh, to the turmoil, if you want to call it that, in Israel. In fact, one might say that compared to last week when we spoke, the situation in Israel is less tumultuous. Uh, we were wondering— unity government, which players, religious parties, Lieberman, etc., would be key in this whole process. Could there be some type of agreement, detente, between the two major parties led to, uh, or encouraged by President Rivlin? And now, a week later, essentially, the prime minister, the current prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, is being given the opportunity to form a government. How did we get to this point?
4: Because of the ridiculous system in Israel with the list system, uh, which, if you remember, a couple of years ago, they rectified by having direct election, and then it was nullified, I think, under Sharon, and returned to this system where you vote for the list, and then within the list, they choose who heads the party. Uh, I think this time, nobody was anxious to be the first. Gantz had the chance, and he said, let Netanyahu take the first strike because it's often the most difficult. And, you know, the party who's doing it often has to make the concessions. Unity governments come about usually when there is an economic or security crisis or when situations like this where you have a political breakdown. And there's no formula that anybody has come up with that gives either party a direct route to 61. They can rule as a minority government, but that's so unstable. Uh, A unity government, some argue, is less democratic because you really don't have an opposition. And in this case, the opposition, I think, would be led by the Arab, uh, the joint list, Mm. or could be. So the, the, the question now is, can they make a government between the two? will others quit from blue and white let's say uh will netanyahu say i will serve the first year then the next two years will be for blue and white and the fourth year comes back till he could with the knowledge that he won't be there uh will he try people say you know speculate that he'll make a deal for being uh you know for dropping the prosecution i don't see that right now and i think mandelblit is probably not going to let it be politicized but the people don't want a third election.
1: So it is possible that the prime minister is going to be given an opportunity, which it seems he has already, by the president, the former government, and his first offer might be a unity government?
4: It's not his first desire, but it's, there's it no other his... mathematical way wow. of reaching it unless, unless, and there are there's there are reports that he talked yesterday with the Labor Party, and Together, Labor Party, Religious Right Block, with him, um, I think, brings him very close to the 61, and maybe they want to wean away some of those from Blue and White or uh, Uh elsewhere. Uh, I I don't see it right now as uh, immediately, um, but Labor knows that this is a lifeline for them. Their numbers are down to five seats. I mean, this was the the party that ruled Israel for much of its existence, Uh, and the... uh, but the, but I think the country wants to see the broadest possible um, government. Although there's a lot of opposition to the, to religious parties being in, there are people who object to to Lieberman because he, he brought about this situation. I think we're just going to have to wait and see how the the handling goes, and we can't rule out that they will have to go to a third election. So. Nobody wants
1: that. On the assumption that Gantz wants to be prime minister, because I think that's a debate in and of itself, but on the assumption he wants to be prime minister, was this a calculated error, allowing Netanyahu to try to do this first? No, it was a
4: calculated decision, and they did it because they felt that it would put them in a better position if they have to be the second. If Netanyahu's clock runs out and there's a limited time, then he would be in a much better position— to cobble together a coalition, perhaps with a Likud without Netanyahu, mm-hmm.
1: and then and then and then he get that eventuality that so many are hoping for—that Likud would be part of the government and Netanyahu essentially would be out as leader. Right. Um, what's the timetable? And and does Yuntif postpone a lot, or it's the same? You, I don't, I just don't remember how many weeks or how many days he, they're given to, to form this government. Does the holiday season interfere with all that, or essentially it's the same type of timetable?
4: no the timetable remains the same they i think they have a month and with with an extension possible if the negotiations are really moving uh but the um but it's not it, it's not limitless and now the pressure will be on very hard to to reach a decision not to to let it drag to you know the full right. term of the uh, that he has uh, because he's got gods waiting. Often, when when there's only one and or one major party and the others, you know, everybody knows it, then uh, they can go the full time, and it often has. And because the parties leverage it, they want to get the maximum, so they they always uh, play out the card and they play brinksmanship and sometimes they find themselves then left out, and sometimes they find themselves benefiting from it. We are
1: heading to the largest cabinet in Israel's history, right? <laughs> because of all the different promises. Well, that's
4: an employment program that they instituted.
1: <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a, you know, if Golda if Golda saw today's cabinet, she'd never believe it, <laughs> frankly.
4: Well, well no, now, this one is a very frugal one because Netanyahu has about six portfolios. <laughs> Good point. Uh, you know, uh, and that's not a healthy situation either.
1: Plenty to distribute. All right, so when we get to the Sukkis area of the calendar, we'll already have a good indication about whether he's going to be able to do it or not. Not sure.
4: Well, yes, an indication, uh, maybe, but no, no surety, right. and no surety that it'll be concluded because that's it's only two weeks, right? It's, or, yeah, and yes, it's got two weeks,
2: three weeks. So, whatever,
4: yeah. It's not a lot of time, uh, given the the divisions. And remember, there is a history, and people should go and look at it about national unity governments. Right. You know, we've had the Israel's had quite a few of them, uh, and uh, the success, the record is is sort of mixed.
1: Remember, remember the old joke about you know, which ended with Truman. You know, proved anybody could be president. You know, in, in terms of. Well, uh, I, I'm telling you, Eisenhower. The, right, 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 right. there's that whole thing. Lincoln was uh, proved that this person could be a poor person, could be president, et cetera, et cetera.
4: Roosevelt proved that a, a, a disabled person could be president. Right. Truman proved that anybody, anybody could be, be president. president right. And Eisenhower proved you don't need a president.
1: <laughs> right. I'm sort of getting that feeling. Now, of course, it's unfair, me to, unfair for me to say this. I don't live in Israel. But I'm sort of getting that feeling that Israel's reached after 71 years, the point where they really it's not they're not desperate to have a prime minister at the moment is that is that they,
4: they are they they want a government they 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 know they need it to you know Israel faces serious issues in the north in the south Iran's actions i mean thank god they've dealt with all of these things uh uh well the the relationship with the US is very important and with Europe with others you need a prime minister the fact that he wasn't here for this UN uh, General Assembly, when there would have been many opportunities for bilateral meetings, including with some Arab countries, uh, it, it does distract. And, and he, you know, he's done a great job on, on many fronts. But uh, right now, his focus will be on this, and that that means that he can't uh, put, put the full attention into being prime minister. And there are serious issues on Israel's horizon that they, they have to address. Iran becoming more aggressive. We mm-hmm. see the actions that are taken, the threats that uh, Rouhani made when he was here, and and Erdogan and others, these are all very serious issues. And in the many many meetings we had with heads of state, and foreign minister, and prime ministers, we see a, a, an openness to Israel uh, on the part of some who who were not before, with the exception of those those two countries. Uh, but everybody's sensing the real challenges, you know the the. Uh, growth of these Iraqi, the Iranian-backed militias, and in fact, the calls in Syria for them to get out, and that, um, uh, uh, al Adel, whom everybody remembers, is the head of the Shiite militias in Iraq. Um, uh, that group, uh, he, he even called now for removing all of the Sunni, the Shiite militias backed by Iran from Iraq back to Syria, and in Syria, we see the calls to get rid of them from there. So we have a turmoil, a region in real turmoil, and you need a solid government that can address all of these issues.
1: Yeah, did you mention Egypt as well, because there, there are protests there that are... Yes, uh... we met with President Sisi, and
4: uh, obviously it's a, a concern when they have the demonstrations there. He did not seem overly concerned, although I guess he wouldn't express it uh, if he was, but, you know, he's... Uh, He's very clear vision. He's, he's very committed to the relationship with Israel. Talked about it in really amazing terms, um, but he's that. Is, you're right. That's a very sensitive uh, situation. We see again uh, the rise of some of the groups, this the ISIS and Al Qaeda and the threats that they raise. Actually, in the Sinai, the situation is better than it is in other areas, but he faces uh, you know serious encroachments and. Turkey, uh, I think the relationship can be said to be very tense, not hostile. Um, obviously, Iran, others, and he is part of the coalition with Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Bahrain.
1: Is it dangerous for him to to display such a desire to have normal relations with Israel?
4: It's a reality when Egyptian planes are flying along the border, or even being based sometimes in uh, Israeli. There are helicopters at Israeli bases. I mean, it's no secret, and while it's not necessarily popular yet amongst the people and we don't have the change in attitude, right. it will take a long time to get it, but certainly amongst the government and his leadership, he's very open about it and um, and speaks about it, very thoughtful and uh, in positive terms.
1: Did you think that these statements by the United States ambassador to the United Nations re-Israel were strong enough this week?
4: Well, she's new, she's is her maiden speech, and I think she certainly made very clear where she stands on Israel and uh, will, I think, continue the tradition there that's been established in the last uh, two years. But I think she, um, you know, she, will, she will grow into the job with time, but certainly has a very strong feelings towards Israel.
1: Did uh, the president also use the opportunity at the United Nations to speak about uh, countries normalizing their relations with Israel?
4: Yes, he did. He did. He said that they should all normalize relations with Israel. Um, He he made several speeches where he spoke about anti-Semitism. He spoke about uh, other issues, but called on the Arab states to normalize relations with Israel.
1: Um, All right. So, of course, uh, one of the highlights, or I should say one of the uh, news items regarding the U.N. General Assembly that uh, we were concerned about was the potential meeting between Trump and Rouhani. That never happened, correct? He never even showed up in the United States, Right. No, he was here, but the, well, he, he gave his
4: speech, which of course was very hostile, and um, and met uh, with different groups where he he spoke in uh, threatening terms towards uh, towards Israel. Nothing new. Um, uh, so he, yeah, he he was limited in where he was allowed to travel, um, but not limited in what he could say there. And so people can read his speech. Uh, he 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 was here, but there was no s- uh, side meeting. As, we were all
1: concerned. Was the, pres- the, was, the pres- was, the, was the president really ready to meet with him, or you, or you felt it would never materialize?
4: Look, I think the president is open to talking and, and has a lot of confidence about his ability negotiating with people or putting down the markers. But look, you know, the action is what's important. We saw that Pompeo gave a speech this week, which was very tough. And uh, Rouhani said there wouldn't be any negotiations as long as sanctions uh uh, were applied, and the president's not backing off on, on the um, on the sanctions he he uh, the, the, they made other statements uh, during the week, but also you have to look what the Europeans did. The three European countries came out france, Germany, and Britain, um pointing the figure at Iran. Iran was very furious about it, and there was a meeting between Merkel and Rohani here uh, and the um, You know, the British are saying they're going to pay 400 million pounds to Iran because of a judgment against them. Uh, There are judgments now being enforced against Iran. We'll have to see how that plays out as well here in the United States. But there was a three-way meeting of Nasrallah, Khamenei, and Soleimani while these everybody was playing here in New York. That, I think, is of great concern. And whether they're looking to escalate things in the north, whether they feel under pressure, especially the... uh, Bala not getting enough money, not getting all, all the arms they want, although they have more than enough uh, Or uh, discussing the pressure that uh, Muqtada al-Sadr and the others are bringing against the militias and the strikes by Israel uh, or someone against uh, <laughs> their depots and other things in Iraq. Um, just as they uh, hit them in, in Syria,
1: was that why Pompeo came out with the uh, sanctions against Hezbollah supporters statement? Been reaction to that meeting, or that was a separate thing?
4: No, it was separate. It, but it, it's been intended and, and worked on for uh, for a while, uh, and it's in keeping with the with the sanctions that are being imposed. They imposed on individuals who have been involved with uh, Hezbollah, uh, supporting them, helping them, facilitating weapons, etc. Uh, financing. Uh, this and those things really matter. They 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 have an impact. They have to. You know, people can dismiss it, including Zarif and others. But believe me, nobody wants to be under personal sanctions. Um, we've seen the attempts to to uh, create bypasses the instex by the Europeans to to bypass the Swift banking system. Fail, fail, fail. And uh, you know, while. Some people felt that it's, it's the opening the door to negotiation sends the wrong message to people in Iran or out of Iran. I think the, the president uh, perhaps could say that, uh, you know, I showed that I was open to it, but it's not going to be at the price of the sanctions. Sanctions remain until Iran changes its behavior, and we see that they are more and more uh, aggressive in many areas, as is Turkey and the... Um, uh, I, and I think that the you see the violations of human rights uh, uh, continuing in the European Parliament came out with a resolution against Iran on it. Iran rejects all of the the resolutions anything even if it's these allies who have been helping them but we haven't seen the real economic the evidence of economic benefit coming from the Europeans so far there's still some trade et cetera but I- I- Iran's economic condition worsens all the time, and the that is gives great leverage, and it drives them into wanting to make uh, uh, deals. Can you make the argument? Also, I just wanted to say we met many, the Indian foreign minister, the prime ministers and others. There is a general recognition of what Iran is, more so than in the past. Uh, I think a desire, short of military action, but of, of the pressure and support for the economic uh, restrictions that uh, that have been put in place.
1: Uh, is it possible you can make the argument that the the quiet, relative quiet on the northern border of Israel is because of those sanctions uh, against Hezbollah borders?
4: Look, the, the actions are continuing; they are building up along the Golan. Um, the the uh, the militias and some under the guise of the Syrian regime, often wearing the military uniforms of the of the army of the Syrian army. Uh, so. uh, It has not diminished, you know, from the tunnels. You know that there was the exchange. There were some missiles attempted, uh, drones other things. We know that they are building up their capacity all the time. And uh, when they decide that it will be appropriate, the people of, of Lebanon do not want to see a war. I don't believe Hezbollah wants an all-out war with Israel. They know the price that that will be paid this time; it will be very high, and it, it, Israel cannot do a partial action as they did in the past. And I think, with the administration's backing and the, the support of the president, in particular, for for Israel and uh, some other countries, uh, and the and the growing relations with the Arab world, and their dissatisfaction, their fear of Iran, and seeing Israel as the major ally in that encountering uh, in, in the growing Iranian role and, and destabilizing role. Almost
1: at the eve of 5780, this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world and the web, and on the web at NahumSiegel.com. On the Siegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app, Malcolm honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. I do remind everybody, and I want to thank those who responded to our uh, mention of this last week. Uh, those of you out there who have not yet joined our annual campaign during 2019, before the start of the Jewish year is a perfect opportunity to do that. Don't forget the website, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, to help keep us going. Uh, every uh, source of revenue for this network is vital to keep going, and your support, your listener support, is among those. So please uh, help us by going to fjbunity.org and making a wonderful year-end donation. Um, the um, the news item that described that Great Britain is now going to have a different type of relationship with Iran as compared to France and Germany, could you explain to me what that's all about?
4: um well, I'm not sure that it'll be a different relationship. The uh, w- w- You know, Britain is going its own way. They did act again this week in concert, the three of them, both in uh, criticizing uh, uh, Iran, targeting it, and saying that, the, 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 that they believe they're responsible for the attack on Saudi Arabia. At the same time, they still work together to create uh, economic conditions and uh, to bypass the sanctions none of which are successful. Uh, I hope it's that under Johnson, who is now the Prime Minister of Britain, who is obviously, uh, his attention is focused on um, on maintaining his government and the, you know, the court ruling that brought back the parliament yep. into session after he had suspended it. And they said the move was legal. It's created uh, more tensions and problems for him. Uh, they could move again towards elections. Uh, they are going more of an independent route from uh, Britain, and certainly Brexit um, uh, underscores that. So I, I, I wouldn't say that, they're, that it's new that they're going in their own direction. They are closer to the United States than uh, I think Merkel or
1: Macron feel today to the president. Also, you mentioned that uh, you met with, and we know you met with a variety of, of world leaders. I think your schedule today includes that as well. Um, it was interesting to watch. I'm always fascinated by this, and I don't know why. Um, Netanyahu and many others had uh, reactions to Erdogan uh, this week um, uh, when uh, he went ahead and had certain meetings and made certain public statements. You mentioned that you met with uh, uh, leaders in India, other countries. W- what do they generally say about him?
4: I can't say on the air what they say about him. Um <laughs> I did. We did meet him, along with the leaders of the Turkish Jewish community who came in for it. Um, uh, was that was, a, a, was that an awkward was,
1: meeting because of his?
4: No, it's a hostile meeting. Wow. He's um, but remember, we have a large Jewish community there. Right. The uh, you know, it's not because we're going to change him. You try to influence, give him information. He he met with uh, in the Karta group um, and uh, the. You know, his uh, his speech was obviously uh, outrageous, as always. Uh, the the other countries recognize that he's a destabilizing force. He's got a lot of internal problems. The sanctions on Turkey, which don't get as publicized as the ones against Iran, are biting into the economy. You remember that he lost the local elections in, in the major municipalities, including Istanbul, and ran a second election and lost even worse. Uh, he's very concerned about the obviously the situation in Syria with the p e k and feeling United States supports them the Kurds and the you know they call them terrorist entities right. They're the Kurdish fighters who have done an amazing job um, and the, he, he his proposal is to create a corridor along the the border with Turkey on the other side, and he said this is really to deal with the refugee issue. They did take in uh, over three million refugees. And uh, you know the Europeans pay him for keeping them there, and he p- turns and ter- turns on and off the spigot to let them leave or push them out. If uh, or now threatening to push them back into Syria, uh, but he wants to create this zone so as to block the Kurds, and get, that would be a cover for him to go in there and and try to kill them. He is they are fighting inside now, in, in Syria along uh, the Turkish border, which is very long and. Um, uh, so that's a major obsession of his, is how he deals with that, how he deals with the internal uh, situation. Jerusalem remains a major uh, issue for him because he, he, he keeps talking about Al-Aqsa being under siege. I mean, it's just outrageous and ridiculous um, uh, assertions, but he, he doesn't want to see the Jordanians and the others uh, having a role, and he not. And he, as he said to me once, you can't be a caliph without Jerusalem. He sees himself as the inheritor of the Sultan of the uh, uh, Ottoman Empire, uh, and has visions of hegemonic uh, control. And he is expanding their activities in Africa, Asia, all over. Uh, And many of the many of his the neighbors and others are very concerned, and uh, as are we. And uh, I think he, together with Iran, uh, they're they're working in tandem in some instances, but they're in parallel. Uh, uh, tracks towards trying to gain control and to expand their influence and building bases. And we have to be very tough with them because it's the only way. Uh, and hopefully there can be political change in Turkey. He's been there a long time. It was reported sick. He looked very well. Um, uh, Turkey is, uh, I would say,
1: a parallel threat to Iran. It's funny because, as you've described to us, when the, you know in the Iran slash Korea example where the world is so focused on Iran Korea is under the radar it's sort of the same thing where e- Iran slash Turkey you know Iran is of course everyone's priority one when it comes to safety and security of that region but sometimes he's under the radar in terms of his intention in terms of his capability
4: and 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 by the way we should just note that the Jewish community there has Good relations with the, the with him and the government, right. and they have been protected by and large. And we had issues with cemeteries, other things of the community, which he sometimes personally uh, intervened. Um, and he keeps saying that he's not anti-Semitic, and he makes anti-Semitic comments or things that are perceived to be. Um, and uh, you know, we we are we have very tough discussions with him. But we have asked for his help with getting Hadar Gold in with other MIAs because of his relationship with Hamas. Uh, there are other issues that uh, that were important also to, that we discussed. But he is, uh, I think, can be described as, as certainly having anti-Semitic tendencies, if not being an out-and-out anti-Semite. And, uh, you know, he's flirting with the Russians, buying the arms from them. One is is still a member of NATO. Everybody should remember, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, Turkey is a powerful country. Even though he has stripped them of a lot of their capabilities with the arrest of a hundred thousand people after the supposed uh, coup, but you know, he looks and he sees the same thing with Iran's um, the 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 uh, exposes about Iran's advancements in in putting in the new centrifuges, which will enable them to enrich uranium faster. He sees the others talking about getting to it, that India and Pakistan are nuclear, and he's saying Turkey should have the right to be a nuclear power also, and mm-hmm. it's something he's repeated uh, several times. So either he wants everybody else not to be nuclear or that Turkey should be admitted into the club, and that's something we have to watch He not move in, in, uh, in that direction.
1: We've certainly uh, seen other countries make the same claim, no doubt about that. All right, before we talk about Russia Hashanah, one final item, and that is that, uh, well, the OU and others have expressed their outrage at Columbia University and its president, Lee Bollinger, for their decision to host Malaysian Prime Minister Mohamed, an unabashed bigot and self-professed proud anti-Semite onto campus. So, of course, this is the old question, Malcolm, that you and I have discussed countless times. Uh, what is the, uh, uh, what is the uh, relationship? What is the, um, How do we deal with the dichotomy? of anti-semitism and freedom of speech?
4: Uh, there's no, I don't believe this is a freedom of speech issue, frankly. Uh, we have come out very clearly calling on the donors and the supporters of Colombia to cut them off until this stops. Remember, they hosted Ahmadinejad, another Jew hater, uh, and um, uh, you know he. this is a guy who claims that Jews rule the world by proxy. This is a guy who says in and, and, and response to the criticism of his appearance, so this is post-fact, that uh, freedom of speech means he has the right to be an anti-Semite, and he's proud to be declare himself an, an anti-Semite. And for Columbia University, that uh, at a time when we see the rise of anti-Semitism and on the Columbia campus, the incidents of anti-Semitism, for Lee Bollinger, the president, who has now, this is, part of a series of offensive actions. I hope that uh, they will pay a price for it. Uh, this is not a question of whether people have a right to speak. They would not in, invite a leader who would say these things against any other group uh, and come in there and spread the bigoted and racist message and then find all sorts of excuses for it. Right. So I think it's a, it's a unique instance. You know there are there are certain things that rise to that you know when when Abbas spoke at the United Nations and defendants Slay, talked about that he's going to continue this policy. this is so base and it, there's no other country that has a policy where they pay for people to kill as the e p a does and reward the terrorists and others with lifetime pensions and rewarding their families and engaging this and we have you know legislation more and more countries and the cutoff of funds because it's about seven percent maybe some say even higher eleven percent of the budget of the pa goes to paying these murderers and the uh, people responsible for for the attacks so you know but you don't hear the kinds of uh, out, uh, outrage if people don't get up and walk out and they don't demonstrate the kind of true commitment to fighting anti-semitism that they Verbalize on other circumstances and, and with us, and we we put these issues squarely in front of them and talk about the the obligation that they have and the um, and now you know in Great Britain they have a new system where they're going to name and shame uh, uh, local councils and universities that don't adopt. The Ira, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of anti-Semitism, uh, by the way, something we've pushed many more countries to accept, and we had some some successes or commitments from countries this week uh, that they would do that.
1: Interesting. Well, in our final couple of minutes, Malcolm, I'm hoping I I don't know why this is looming on me as much as it is. Maybe because it's is the, the largest gathering in synagogue since the episodes of last fall. Uh, I'm just hoping I turn my phone on on Tuesday night and everyone's made it through the Chag uh, in as safe and secure a, a a manner as possible. In addition to that, what should we keep in mind as the uh, brand-new year 5780 is about to begin?
4: Well, I do think that you're raising an important point, which I don't want to overlook, and that is that I hope every synagogue and every community is taking the appropriate measures not to exclude people, not to scare people away, but to make sure that, that you take the fundamental steps and they can go to the SCAN U.S. Secure Community Network uh, website uh, to get advice and direction. It's, it's probably too late to do the training right now, but they should certainly remember this is a year-round concern, not, not um, just for this, uh, these few sec- days before Rosh Hashanah uh, and uh, Yom Kippur, but or all of the hagim, and, and year-round that security today is not something we can take for granted. There are attacks every day, constantly, here in the United States, let alone uh, around the world. And, you know, too often it becomes the stepchild when budgeting and yep. uh, setting priorities, um, you know, for a couple of weeks after Pittsburgh, everybody gets involved. Yep. But, you know, we really have to look this time about the nature of the commitments that people make. You know, words are cheap, and, and it's easy to have people attack, and you see it in the media against the president or against the others, uh, uh, and that people espouse hate or can often uh, get away with it. And it's really everybody's obligation to, to stand together. And I was thinking about it, that why we read Nitzavim right before Rosh Hashanah, the, the Torah portion of Nitzavim. And there's so many amazing things in it where, uh, where, where we're given instructions in how we conduct ourselves and really as a guide to, to how we look at the Tzvilot, our prayers on, on Rosh Hashanah. And, and, and God is telling us, look, all these things, the Lo this is not in the heavens, it's not across the seas, it's here, it's reality, that we are facing reality. And that's an obligation that we have. And not to look at what the Torah asks of us and what our community asks of us as something distant or something we can separate ourselves from. But it's our responsibility. And it's not only for us, but that's why they required that that, that, the children had to be there, even though they may not comprehend everything that was going on, and they weren't legally allowed to accept the covenant as minors. But he wanted them to understand and to share in the privilege of being part of, of that event, as the Rambam says. and uh, But they wanted to be sure that future generations would be educated and would understand that uh, um, the responsibilities that b- b- fall on, on all of us. And that's why when he says, he doesn't talk about just for us, because we're making choices for us and for future generations. And if we would realize, I, I heard a statistic this week, which I haven't verified, but Uh, it said that 35 people make 35,000 decisions every day. Wow. (laughs) And, but you think whether you open the door, you close the door, you move to the left, the right. So if you think about every minute, every second, you're making decisions. We don't think about it. Everything is wrote. And, um, and so we're told here in the parsha that, that the, you know, that the words have to be in your mouth and in your heart, that it's not enough to be intellectually there or emotionally there. But then it says you have to take the action, that that's what's really is the real test. Your intentions may be good, but it's not enough. The real purpose of the Torah tells us is the actions that we take. And these actions impact our children, our grandchildren. And the real test comes later on. You know, when the Rav in his Moxer says, when we talk about the opening of the Book of Life and Death, he says, that, that, that it doesn't mean a choice for those who will live and those who will die, but of those who are living and those who are dead, because they get judged again. Because sometimes their decisions, you only see the true impact later on. And, and therefore, all of us get get judged over and over again, even after our, our time. So people shouldn't think things are beyond them, that it's not their responsibility whether it comes to our, uh, uh, our involvement in the community, when it comes to meeting some of the challenges. Um, and, and you know, they get to say they're putting before, before us, brachas and khalas, because what, they, what happens is dependent on us. So he's pleading with us, please mm-hmm. choose life. Yep. And people have to realize we make choices of life every day. You know, there are people who are very easy and, and uh, irresponsible and, words that they use, the things that they say, they with They're based on a little knowledge. First check, first learn, get involved, understand the issues. So many things are high price and high stake today. And we have to, each of us has to think about how do we relate to it. Not everybody can do everything. Baruch Hashem, we see the statistics. Israel has 9.1 million people. It's astonishing. We take it for granted, but think of it. 9.1 million people. And you know, eventually there'll be 15 million and 16 million, God willing. Uh, and it includes, by the way, one point, I think, nine million or eight point, something million Arabs, there' about over 20 percent and five percent uh, others. This, despite the heavy toll that all the wars and everything has taken, and more than 20,000 killed and over the years, and, um, and we see the birth rate going up. We have so much to be thankful for. It's a time when people have to understand, Basha Miami, this is not unreachable activities or aspirations. It's really going to be marked by the tachlis of what we do, and when we're in our tfilis, we have to think about that, think about families and, and immediacy and then the larger community as well.
1: Well, Malcolm, uh, you have taught us the importance of every single day, and with that in mind, I wish you and yours a happy, healthy, and sweet New Year, and we should be able to uh, continue with all the good news and all the important news for yet another year. Exhibosh to everybody, and you're right. I think that we're gonna, we're gonna
4: try and make sure that all the news will be good. It is right. sometimes show. it's bad. <laughs>
1: there you go. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. As we wish everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet New Year. Weekly update complete for 5779. The good news is that next Friday, during five seven eight zero, we get to start uh, again, and we should do so uh, in good health, and with um, and with wonderful guidance from the one above. JM and the AM Friday morning era of Shabbos as we continue. Rabbi Yudin, of course, is coming up, and plenty more ready to wrap things up here on a Friday, which for us is essentially era of Rosh Hashanah. Yes, we are presenting as a network great programming between now and Sunday night, including tomorrow night with Avrami, and then, of course Sunday with Matis, uh, plus a full day today. But this is my last opportunity before the new year to speak to you live uh, until Wednesday morning when, the, uh, when we'll already be in the brand new year. So I take this opportunity to wish everybody a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. And for those of you, and I'm flattered that there are as many as, as there are who have taken the time today to wish me a happy anniversary, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was of Rosh Hashanah, literally. Wednesday, of Rosh Hashanah, 1983. Thirty-six Years ago, that I started what now is known as JM in the AM. Hard to believe, but thank you very, very much. And everybody drink a lachayim over Shabbos, have me in mind. <laughs> uh, I'll certainly be saluting this amazing audience, I can tell you that much. This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in, excuse me, uh, Rabbi Emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Farallon, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good Good morning,
5: Nachum. Good Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Nitzavim. According to the Chinuch, who follows his Rebbe, the Rambam, there are no mitzvos of the Tariag of the 613 in Parshas Nitzavim. It's a short Parsha. However, first of all, according to the Ramban, there is a biblical mitzvah, and that is the biblical mitzvah of Tshuva. Now, even the Rambam, who does not count Tshuva, repentance, as a separate independent mitzvah, the Rambam does cite these psukim from chapter 30 of this week's parsha of Parsha's Nitzavim. The Rambam writes, Torah, The Torah is promising us in this week's parsha that the Jewish people in the future will do tshuva, will repent. It's a very exciting parsha based upon what we mentioned last week that Ezra instituted that we read the curses, the tochocha before Rosh Hashanah we don't read them this week because they didn't want us to go right from the curses into Rosh Hashanah, but the Marsha writes at the end of Megillah that the, we want to go in with the promise and the optimism That the Jewish people will do tshuva. One more thing, very important: the very beginning of the parsha. Atem hayom kulchem. You are all standing here today. And then the Torah goes on to enumerate who are these kulchem, and we have roshechem, shivtechem, ziknechem, shatreechem. Call ish Yisrael, everybody. The Zohar points out, which day is this? So it's not coincidental, my friends, that we read Parshas Nitzavim every year on the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. It's such a powerful message. The message is Kulchem. All Jews are together on Rosh Hashanah. A, we're in this together. Not any one Jew can fulfill the entire Torah. If you're not a Kohen, there are certain mitzvos that you can do. If you're not a Levi, if you're not a king, if you're not a part of the Sanhedrin, if you're not a woman, there are so many mitzvos that we need each other for, number one. But one more very important point, and we'll tie this in immediately with our preparations, please God, for the forthcoming Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah. The tour begins the laws of Rosh Hashanah by citing a beautiful medrash. Who is like the Jewish people points out the medrash. Other persons, when they are on trial for their life, and indeed, we should recognize that Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Adin, a day that we are on trial. So other people are not concerned with, how do I look? Should I take a shave? a haircut, etc., come on, they're focused on one thing only, and yet, we, the Shulchan Aruch, tells us, if you haven't gotten your haircut yet, get a haircut before Rosh Hashanah. We bathe. Why? Because we have optimism that we're going to be victorious in judgment. Wait a minute, where does this come from? We say in the nisanitokef, very, very seriously, miyachia, miyamus. Who's going to live, and who's going to die? Where is the optimism? Explains the altar Mikelm very beautifully the following. The optimism comes that Am Yisrael Netzach Yisrael Lo Yisachar. I know one thing for sure going into Rosh Hashanah. I don't know about any one individual, what is their individual fate for the forthcoming year. But I know one thing, that Klal Yisrael, the Jewish people, they are going to make it. They are going to thrive. Therefore, what is one's best chance of success for the forthcoming year? Says the altar of Kelm, become a Klal Yid. Become a communal Jew, a Jew that the community needs you, not just your own Torah mitzvos, but your involvement with others, your involvement in charity with others, your involvement with sharing mitzvos with others, inviting others to your home, teaching others that others need you. When you become an other person, meaning needed by the community, you have a better shot at your own personal success as well. Let us therefore begin and try to review some of the laws regarding Rosh Hashanah. Now, the idea is let's go to Lael, Rosh Hashanah, this coming Sunday night. I don't have time to go into the slichos. That is long slichos erev Rosh Hashanah, hatoras Just a reminder: if you didn't do it, miatz uh, Hashem, you'll do it this Sunday or erev Rosh Hashanah or some wait for erev Yom Kippur. Let's get to Rosh Hashanah. So the first thing that we should realize is that regarding Rosh Hashanah, it is the beginning of the aseres he made and the there are changes in our. Um, Tefila. Now, number one, we add Zohreinu L'Chayim in the first bracha of Magen Avram. The halacha says we're not to add personal requests. So just know that when you're saying Zohreinu L'Chayim, remember us for life, we're not talking about us individually. We are speaking for Kla'al Yisrael. And in the second bracha of Atogibor, uh, which is the bracha of Mechaya Mesim, we add Micha Mocha and the most important change in every Shmona Esrei starting this Sunday night is we change instead of Hokel Kodosh to Amelecha Hakadosh. That is most serious because the others, if you forget to either or uh, change. Or if you just didn't, you know, say them Then you're okay But hamelach HaKadosh is so crucial That if a person neglected to change HaKel HaKadosh to hamelach HaKadosh Listen carefully They have to repeat the entire Shemona Esrei How important, I ask you, are your Tfilos? If your Tfilos don't count, what's the difference what you said? The answer is, yes, they do Get it right Daven slowly Davin from your sitter, and naturally on Yom Tov from your Magzor. Instead of Melech, Ohev, Tzlaka, U Mishpat, where we're asking for the restoration of the Sanhedrin, it's HaMelech, HaMishpat. And finally, in the last uh, two, um, we add in the next to the last bracha Uchsov Tovim, and finally in the um, Conclusion of the Bracha of Shalom, Beseif Rachayim, Bracha Shalom. In the Kaddish, we repeat the term Le'ela. Le'ela ule'ela is said in the Kaddish. Okay, here we go. Le'el Rosh Hashanah, You wish each other in Shul. Le'el tovah Save same La Alter So beautifully, Rep Bedoy teaches in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah that there are three books upstairs that are open on Rosh Hashanah. For Tzadikim they get inscribed immediately for good. The Hashanah the opposite, the Bainun the middle, their judgment is suspended and determined by an Anyum Kippur. So each one Turns to the next one and says, "Me, I personally am a benuni. I'm in the middle of the road. I need the ten days of uh, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur to get my act together and to make sure that I will hopefully be inscribed <clears throat> for good. But you, Alter <clears> immediately lechayim tovim. Next, we come home and kadesh." We make Kiddush like we do every Shabbos Yom Tov. Now watch. Urchatz. We go and we wash our hands. Good. We come to the table. We make Hamotzi this coming Sunday night. And many have the custom of dipping the challah in honey as opposed to salt. Now here goes. Very important. A probably a universal custom is that we then take a piece of apple. Now, we've already washed, and we know that throughout the year, once a person has made the bracha of hamotzi, then they cannot, um, ha- they don't make any other brachos during the meal because the hamotzi covers all the food till the dessert. Now what? Well, now we're taking an apple. We, everybody gets a piece of apple. First you make a bracha, borei priho ha'etz on the apple. So that's the first exception. After you've taken a bite of the apple, then you take the apple, you dip it in honey, and we recite that hi may it be that we should all be inscribed for... Hashem should renew for us tova a new and a sweet new year. Okay? And we uh, dip the apple in that honey as the song goes and we eat it. Okay, now watch. The first thing I'm going to tell you is you're making a bracha on the apple because you're eating it as a ceremonial food. And part of this very significantly is just think for a moment, because there's Simna Milsa, the custom of taking other foods and reciting various uh, tefillos, which was the practice of Rav Gon as well. Before we get to that, understand the, you went to shul or if you couldn't go, you davened at home with a marzor, and now you're davening with a fruit. The ability of the Jew to connect and to see the true significance and of prayer. And it can come in many different forms. The reason, once again, that you're making the Buri prayer eight is because this is not an integral part of the meal. It's being eaten as a ceremonial food. The other customs that we have are that either carrots, we say shayirbu, Zuchuyo Senu, and for leeks or cabbage, Yechresu Sonenu. That the first one was, our merit should increase, our enemies should be uh, decimated. Uh, for beets, Yistalko yevenu, our adversaries be removed. For dates, Yitamu Sonenu, our enemies should be consumed, and we should prosper as. And again, the pomegranate which has so many seeds, nirbez Huyos may we have our merits increase like the seeds of a pomegranate the head of a fish, having fish on the table, that we should multiply like fish, all these are beautiful tfilos beautiful prayers that we offer, ok moving on, Gajantiv. it is now Monday morning and shacharis we know what we're saying in the davening, we've changed and we've added etc, and now we don't say Halil because as the uh, Gemara tells us, the books of the living and the books of the deceased are open on Rosh Hashanah therefore we don't say Halil, we say al Malkinu instead of Halil on the first day of Rosh Hashanah we read of the birth of Yitzchak Kol HaShomea Yitzchak Lee, whoever hears this is going to laugh we read the birth of Yitzchak for many reasons the, the Kriya begins Hashem pokad es Sarah. Hashem remembered this is the day of remembrance Hashem remembered Sarah, according to our rabbis uh, Rachel, Rivka, Chana all those who couldn't have children and insert other names those today who don't have children yet. HaKadosh Baruch Hu remembers on this day as well. Hashem remembers all of us. Take Sarah's name out and put your name in. On the second day of um, Rosh Hashanah, we read the Akedah. Okay, moving on. From Shacharis, we go to Shofar. Now, the... Blowing of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah is a biblical mitzvah. It's a biblical mitzvah that men are obligated in. From the letter of the law, women are not, because it is a mitzvah, a positive mitzvah, which is uh, governed by time. However, our grandmothers, grandmothers all the way back took it upon themselves that not only do they come to shul and not only do many shuls have a separate blowing for them at the end but we even, if we can we'll take a chauffeur and blow shofar for a woman. If she couldn't come to shul, she's a shut-in, we'll come to her home and we'll blow shofar for her. The svardim would have it that a woman does not recite a bracha when the shofar is blown for her exclusively, Ashkenazim would say that a woman could, <coughs> should recite um, the bracha prior to the blowing of the shofar. From the Torah, we are to hear nine sounds on Rosh Hashanah. The term trua is found three times. Each trua is preceded and followed by a tekiah. A trua is a sad note. And the Talmud tells us that we're not sure. Is it a what we call a shvarim, a Sai ay, 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 Is it a trua, what we call the whale, ay, 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 ay? Is it a combination of both? So first a shvarim, then a trua. We do all three combinations. So first thing we blow is three shvarim trua, twelve notes. Three shvarim, nine notes. Three trua nine notes. That gives us 30 sounds. These 30 sounds are blown before the Shemona Esrei. They're called tkios d'Myushav, those tkios for which we are permitted to sit. Next, we have what is known as de d'Mumad, the tkios that are blown in conjunction with the Shemona Esrei. The Sephardim have the custom that in the silent Shmona Esrei these 30 are blown. After the three special sections of the Musaf Shmona Esrei, the Musaf Shmona Esrei of Rosh Hashanah is the longest Shmona Esrei of the year. What gives the Shmona Esrei its length? We have three special sections. A section of Malchios, which means from the term Melech, denoting God's kingship. The second section of Zechronos, Remembrance. He remembers all, and therefore judges all. And finally, Shofros, remembering the Shofar of Sinai, the Shofar of the coming of Mashiach, that God controls history and destiny of man. Now, the just know that anybody who could should stay in shul, don't think if I heard the first 30 I'm finished because according to most authorities it is the second 30 sounds of the shofar that are the primary sounds one is not to speak during the blowing of the shofar and ideally one is not to speak because the mitzvah has begun from the time we first begin to blow the shofar till the very end of Musaf ideally, besides serious stuff, keep your focus on the davening the um, uh, repetition of the Shemona Esrei which is where and when the Ashkenazic community inserts these ten after the ten um, after, excuse me, after Malchios which is each of these three sections Malchios kingship we have an introductory paragraph telling us that God is king we then cite 10 verses, three from the Torah, three from Tilim, three from the prophets, substantiating this theme. And then we have a closing paragraph and bracha. This is the only Shmone Esrei ever on a Shabbos or Yom Tov of nine blessings. Every other Shmone Esrei of every Shabbos, every Yom Tov has seven. Take my word for it. Davin the Shmone Esrei slowly, even if you have not finished your personal Shmone Esrei, and the Chazan is beginning his. Come on, continue. My late father, the of Levracha, had a good sense of humor. Take your time because you're going to get out at the same time like everybody else. Go slowly. You say your Shmone Esrei. It's your opportunity to personally communicate with Hashem. Go for it. <coughs> The uh, last 40 sounds Tospos tells us interestingly is to remember Sisra's mother. Sisra was the general defeated by Devorah and Barak. And the reason that we remember uh, this non Jewish general's mother is to remind us of the universalism of the day of Rosh Hashanah. In the Zachronos, in the section that we uh, denote and speak about Hashem's, uh, remembering all, the alhamedinos Boye yomair. we say that not only are the Jewish people judged on Rosh Hashanah, but the entire world is being judged on this day. A very significant factor. Just be aware that there is a beautiful minot Yisrael to go to a flowing body of water um, for the purpose of, quote, literally, quote, throwing our sins. What does that mean? We don't bring bread. Don't throw bread into the water. Why? Because you're only allowed to feed on Yom Tov those animals which are yours, that you're obligated to. But rumor has it that the fish in wherever you are going to uh, be reciting Tashlich manage without you all year long. Don't. You're not supposed to. Check with your local rabbis. Believe me, don't throw bread and crumbs into the water symbolically you are throwing your sins into the water, most important understand why are we blowing shofar, one showing blowing shofar is ta-da, da 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 we are coronating the king coronating Hashem and that's one of the reasons that we uh, go to a flowing body of water to uh, point out that as they coronated kings in the past, by flowing body of water to show that his kingship should should endure that's what we are doing in the afternoon as well, another thing is to remind us that the Satan who tried to stop Avram from going to the Akedah put a flowing body of water um, to stop Avram and we annually go on Rosh Hashanah to that flowing body of water saying Hashem we are committed one last thought and that is as follows, take a peek at Mitzvah 311 in the Sefer Achinoch, which is the mitzvah of abstaining from work on Rosh Hashanah. And he points out that Rosh Hashanah is a day of great kindness of God to the Jewish people, really God to mankind, but especially the Jewish people. How so? That it's the day when we stop and realize that because it is a day of judgment, we get our act together, and we realize that it is the first of the ten days of tshuva to repent, to change our ways. Because if we were not to do tshuva on Rosh Hashanah, then God forbid our sins would accumulate, and over an extended period of time, it would mean that God forbid... People would have to be annihilated, and therefore I read with one key line from the Sefer Chinuch It turns out Shaiyom Hazeh, this very special day, Hukiyumo Shel Olam. This is one of the days that literally maintains the world. And so, having said that, I take this opportunity to wish Nachum and his family, and all those that support this very special uh, station whereby the opportunity to proliferate Jewish pride, Jewish news, Jewish music throughout the world is something which is so, so very special. We wish Nachum success at in continuing his wonderful work for Klai Yisrael And I take this opportunity of wishing everybody a ksiva v'chassima tova. Shabbat shalom and a shana tova to all.
1: All right, you know who that was, Mordecai Ben-David, as he uh, takes us to the uh, almost the start of the brand new year with that beautiful high holiday selection. Time to say good Shabbos on this final Shabbos of 5779, Journeys at JM in the AM. i our brothers and sisters in Israel. We are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Round the world on the web and Nachum Single.com and the Nachum Single Network and, of course, the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Friday. A great Erev Shabbos here at JM and the AM. And a big thank you to everybody out there for your support, your dedication, and your encouragement all through the year. Wishing everyone a happy, healthy, and sweet new year, especially to the staff. And the amazing people that keep uh, NSN and Al Segal Network and Jm going all year round. Much appreciated. And all of our donors and supporters and uh, all those who uh, utilize these airwaves... For the benefit of the Jewish world, I say thank you, thank you, thank you. Plenty coming up. Naomi's next with a uh, brand-new edition of Table for Two. Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamic, brought to you by the wonderful people at Gedem. Saturday night, single tomorrow night with a rummy. Matis J.M. Sunday on Sunday morning. We're back here Wednesday morning on Som Gedalia here at J.M. in the A.M. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend, and a fantastic Rosh Hashanah. Until next week, Malcolm Sigal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.